Hi, welcome back to Pagan Preaching. I am your host, Ethne Aeon, and there is not a whole lot in the way of announcements today, but I hope everyone had a great and safe holiday season. And also, the subject of today's episode was requested by listener Rin, so thanks so much, Rin. And today's topic is Nyx, and she hails from Greek mythology as a protogenoi, which is really just a fancy word for the first deities formed from the cosmos. The protogenoi predate the Titans, if that gives you any idea of just how old they are. And she is a daughter of Chaos, who the ancient Greeks believed was the first deity, a formless state of primal energy and the potentiality for all things. Nyx is the Hellenic protogenoi of night, shadows, fertility, and prophecy, but not darkness. Her brother and consort Erebus is the protogenoi of darkness. And Nyx is most often depicted dressed in black, surrounded by mist, and with some or all of her children. Some of those children, according to varying sources, are Aether, the goddess of light, Imera, the goddess of day, Thanatos, the god of death, and his twin brother Hypnos, sleep, Eris, the goddess of strife, Yeras, the god of old age, Nemesis, the goddess of retribution, Moros, the god of doom, the More, uh, also known as the Fates, and the Heres, which are the hounds of Hades or Hades. And lastly, the Oneiroi, who are the gods of dreams. So now that you have a working understanding of who Nyx is, Um, It's been requested that I incorporate a short meditation to these episodes, so I'm going to give that a shot now today. Please let me know if you have any comments or concerns so that I can make sure that you're all getting the best possible experience from these. First, as you know, we are talking about Nyx today, so if you're wanting to use this episode as a worship aid, go ahead and pause to get your worship space in order if you haven't already. And now, if you are ready go ahead and settle into a comfortable position. Personally, I actually recommend laying down, but any position you can remain in for a few minutes is also perfectly fine. So go ahead and close your eyes if you're comfortable with that. And first, let's take a few breaths. So for each inhale, breathe deeply into your belly first and then fill up your chest. For each exhale, audibly release all the breath you have in your body. If you're sitting next to somebody, they should be able to clearly hear your exhale. We're going to take three big breaths, so let's start with the first. As you're seated comfortably, your eyes are closed. Go ahead and breathe in and start in the belly and slowly work your way to the top of the chest. Imagine when you breathe that your breath is water and your torso is a big cup. So just fill up the cup until it's full. And now release that breath until the cup is empty. And again, we are breathing deep and low and working our way up to the top. And audibly release that breath and any tension or stress that you have with it. One more time, just for good measure. Really fill up that cup, starting at the bottom, breathing all the way up to your collarbones, and release. 
So now I want you to visualize to the best of your ability, a door. What does your door look like? Can you tell what material it's made out of? What kind of handle or knob does it have? And now reach out with your dominant hand and touch the door. Do your fingers make a sound when they reach the door's surface? How does it feel? I really want you to connect with that door and know it intimately so that if you ever need to come back, you know just where to go. Once you feel comfortable with the door, I want you to reach out to the handle and begin to slowly open it. And what will reveal itself to you is a happy or safe place, uh, but during nighttime. This place could be real, somewhere you've been before where you feel comfortable and safe, or it could be something you've never seen. Now look around and tell me, or think to yourself, are you inside or outside? Can you see the moon? Can you hear or smell anything? As best as you can, really immerse yourself and your senses into this place. And notice now that you are the only person here. If you saw others when you arrived, they have since waved to you and given you their blessings, but now have left you alone. That is because this place is for your own deep self-reflection, whenever you feel you need it. Take a look around. Look to your left and to your right, noticing what you see. Look up. Are you looking at a roof? Or are you looking at a starry sky? Look down at the ground and your feet. What are you standing on? And now lift up your head to eye level and see the primordial goddess Nyx before you. Notice how she presents herself and what she's wearing. Does she look like a person or something else? See her smile at you, a smile like she's been waiting on you to journey here and is so glad you could finally make it. Now she's going to take you by your hand and begin to speak. What she says I cannot describe. That interaction is between you and her. Take some time now to listen as she speaks. And when you're ready, thank Nyx for her time with you today and the guidance she shared. She nods to you and turns to leave, still a soft smile on her face. And you too turn and head back to the door. But before you leave, take one more quick look to remember this place for next time. Now, Open the door as slowly or as quickly as you would like and gently blink your eyes open and join me for today's sermon. It is understood in Hellenismos that Nyx resides in a cave within Tartarus, a kind of underworld beneath the underworld. Erevus surrounds her cave in his dark mists, and I would like to share a passage from Greek legends and myths to describe Nyx's and Erevus's role in the cosmos as kind of a day-to-day -day routine for them. So this says, quote, Each night Nyx would emerge from her cave within Tartarus and hand-in-hand -hand with Erevus block out the light emitted from Aether, bringing night and darkness to the world. The next morning, Imera would then emerge from Tartarus and sweep away the darkness of night, and Nyx would return to her abode. Thus, mother and daughter were never in the same place at the same time. 
In later Greek mythology, the likes of Eos, the goddess of dawn, Ilios, the god of the sun, and Apollonus would replace the roles of Aether and Imera, but Nyx herself was never subjugated, an indication of the esteem which the powerful Nyx was held in. Nyx was actually held in such high esteem that Theos, or Zeus, refused to enter her cave for retribution after he discovered that she and Hypnos had plotted against him. To go into further detail regarding this myth, I'm going to share a passage from mythos.com. Ira believed that Theos was unfit to rule and decided to take the throne for herself. To do this, she would have to use power stronger than hers, so she called upon the help of Hypnos. With a bit of magic, Hypnos put Theos into a deep sleep while Ira took control as the king of gods. There was only one problem. Hypnos wasn't strong enough. Theos awoke before Ira's plan was complete and grew furious. Through some convincing, Ira was able to blame the whole thing on Hypnos and Theos's fury turned toward the minor god. Hypnos fled to a cave to be protected by his mother Nyx, Theos on his tail. When he arrived to punish Hypnos, he was met with Nyx, and Nyx was outraged that he would dare to punish her son and confronted him. She demanded that Theos would turn around and forget about punishing her son. Even the great Theos was frightened by the primordial gods, so he agreed to forgive and forget. Theos may be seen as the most powerful god in all Greek mythology, but here we see him running in fear from the great mother night. End quote. And unfortunately, that's really all the information I could find on myths about Nyx, despite being so revered and honored. Her myth is really sparse. And I wonder if that could be because people have such a strong tendency to fear the nighttime, and most of us sleep through the night. So if there is more to learn from Nyx, we're not awake to do so. And while I was researching for this episode, I was thinking, as I usually do, on what message Nyx has for us, and this idea came to mind that most pagans and polytheists have a fondness for nighttime. And if you think about it, many pagans begin their journey as Wiccans, and while the sun is important in Wiccan mythology, the moon and darkness and nighttime seem to overshadow the sun. And witchcraft and paganism are often associated with the moon and the night and stars, And most of us tend to follow a left-hand path that can be fully represented by the night. And why is that? Why do pagans feel so comfortable in the darkness and the shadow of night? And I thought on this for a while, and the conclusion I came to is that while the societal norm is for people to fear what is hidden in the night and the dark, pagans embrace and run toward the uncertainty that is darkness. We are all about questioning and exploration instead of hiding in the status quo and never learning from the left-hand path that is found in the night. I think, too, that in many spaces, paganism is rejected, and that shouldn't come as a surprise. Uh, But that rejection from the metaphorical light can easily motivate one to learn to thrive in the metaphorical dark. I mean, where else will the star shine but in the blackness of night? And we are stars, each of us with our own way of shining. And maybe the truth is that those that fear and reject the night are really just afraid to see the uniqueness of their shine. This brings me to the idea of shadow work. And for those of you that are unfamiliar, shadow work is a practice not exclusive to witchcraft, where people work to understand their shadow selves or their dark sides. 
And that can involve things such as cognitive behavioral therapy and trying to understand why they behave the way they do. The end goal is to come to a better understanding of the entirety of yourself and use that knowledge to make improvements where you see necessary. And I think then that Nyx can also be a guardian of shadow work and learning about our own internal nighttime. See, unless you live close to one of the poles, there cannot be a day without night, and even then there is still a polar night, so my point stands. I believe this concept of balancing has come up pretty frequently in the show, and forgive me if you're sick about hearing it, but I think it needs to come up so frequently because the idea of balance is so broad and can be analyzed from so many different viewpoints. In this instance, I'm trying to communicate with you the importance of existing in the light and honoring that version of yourself that you share with others because it is important. But also I want to communicate the importance of diving deep within your own shadow and seeing the other half of yourself. And that half is quiet, passive, dark, and sometimes scary, though it doesn't have to be. And Nyx, in her infinite glory and wisdom, shows us how to dive into our own shadow and appreciate its beauty in order to be better to our true selves, as seen in the meditation earlier. And there are many sources online with help on working with Nyx, if you think you could use a little help with your shadow self, and I'll post some in the show notes. Now, I would like to share a brief prayer to Nyx with you. It reads, To Nyx. Beautiful black-eyed Nyx, cloaked in darkness, older than old, daughter of misty chaos, mother of great and mighty spirits, I call to you. Ever-present one, you live in the shadows. We know you in the dusk, in the comfort of night. Broad-winged Nyx, you clasp the hand of bright Emira. Each eve and morn, you greet her with love and sorrow, for only in those moments may you embrace your child. Goddess, awesome one, in your realm, all are unblemished. In your realm, do lovers' promises ring true. In your realm, are all things possible, if only until daybreak. Nix, I honor you. And while on the subject of Nix and the profundity of darkness, I can't help but remember an odd hobby of mine from high school in my early years in college. I didn't know until a few months ago, but I am neurodivergent, and as I'm sure many of you may know, along with that comes a tendency toward depression and anxiety and feeling both completely overwhelmed and underwhelmed at the same time. And on days where my mental health was struggling the most, and if I knew I would be able to function the next day, I would decide to stay up all night. I would make sure I had plenty of snacks and would stay up researching and playing games and watching my favorite movies. And usually, around 2 to 3 a.m., I would always start to feel scared of the dark, as I've always been pretty scared of the dark, especially in houses I grew up in. I would jump at the sounds I heard outside and start to really get the creeps. And at this point, I would begin to question whether or not to just give up and go to sleep, but usually I would resolve myself to pulling the all-nighter. And so I'd put on a movie I liked when I was little or listen to some uplifting music. And before I knew it, the night sky would start to soften to a lighter gray, and I would make myself some breakfast and sit and watch the sunrise with no distractions. So this isn't something that I would recommend to everyone, but I'm telling you all this because I think this exercise taught me some valuable lessons on coping. And when I stayed up all night, 
It was to remind myself that even if I was worried or scared or overwhelmed, that those feelings would pass and I would have a brighter period afterward to look forward to. And to get myself through the fear and uncertainty, I took time to be extra gentle and patient with myself. I indulged by taking time for my own enjoyment during a period of anxiety or sadness or fear or whatever I was feeling at the time. And after doing so, I felt refreshed and motivated to finish the tasks I had set out to do. And in this case, that task was staying awake all through the night. But I was able to take those coping mechanisms into the rest of my life. And now I don't have to pull all-nighters anymore. What I learned from the night and what I want to share with you is that we all experience cycles of metaphorical days and nights. When we're in the nights, in particular the scary part of the nights, it's important that we take extra care with ourselves and dote on ourselves in ways we wish maybe others would. By recognizing that we are in the scary part of the night, we can then work toward putting ourselves at ease before we try to fight our battles. However, with all this said, the night isn't necessarily scary. It can be uncertain for sure, harder to navigate, but not necessarily scary. And when you complete your phase in this metaphorical night, I hope you enjoy your sunrise and a bowl of Fruit Loops and believe in your heart that you are capable of seeing yourself through much more than you thought you were. And as you get enough nights under your belt, they may become ever so slightly easier. And as I always say, reach out for grace. If you are in a scary part of the night right now and don't know where to turn, I can't recommend enough that you turn to Nyx. Since humans began to walk the earth, she has guided us through the darkness. She may be the only one that can truly see each uncertainty, each fear in the dark, and show you your way either around them or through them. And now let's honor Nyx with our final prayer. This is Orphic Hymn number 26 to Nyx. I shall sing of Nyx, mother of gods and men. Nyx, and let us call her Kypris, mother who gave birth to all. Hearken, O blessed goddess, jet black and starlit, whose delight is in quiet and slumber-filled serenity. Cheerful and delightsome, O mother of dreams, you love the night-long revel, and your gentleness rids of cares and offers respite from toil. Giver of sleep, beloved of all, you are as you drive your steeds and gleam in darkness. Ever incomplete, now terrestrial and now again celestial, you circle around in pursuit of sprightly phantoms. You force light into the netherworld and again as you flee into Aves. Dreadful necessity governs all things, but now, O blessed one, yea, beatific and desired by all, I call on you to grant a kind ear to my voice of supplication and benevolent come to disperse fears that glisten in the dark. Thanks for listening today, and I hope you all go now bravely into the night in search of deeper understandings. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pagan Preaching. You can also send me an email to ethne.aon at yahoo.com. And if you want to support me and the show, you can always purchase a tarot reading from my Facebook page, Ethne Aeon Tarot, or send a donation to ethne-aeon on Venmo. Thank you all so much, and I look forward to speaking with you next time.